Alright, good evening our dear listeners and welcome to Lubuto Radio Show on Force FM. Uh, today we are going to look at uh, Jesus as the chief shepherd of our souls. Uh, Jesus as a chief shepherd of our souls. And uh, just to get into it, we are going to read Isaiah chapter 53 from verse 1. It says, Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of uh, a dry ground. He has no form of or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace, was upon him and by his stripes we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all here prophet isaiah is telling us about uh, what was going to happen to jesus you know uh, well in advance. This was a prophecy about the crucifixion of Christ. And, uh, you know, this is a depiction of exactly what happened to Jesus during his trial and his crucifixion. You know, he carried the sins of all of us. That's what the Bible says. Uh, because the verdict of each and every one of us, according to verse 6, is like we, like sheep, have gone astray. All human beings apart from Christ, they are <coughs> at loggerheads with God. They are uh, not at peace with God, so to say. So here, um, the Bible is telling us that Jesus came, you know, to carry the punishment and the sin that was due to each and every one of us. Okay, so Jesus is that good shepherd that sacrifices his life, that lays down his life for the sake of the sheep. So this is a depiction uh, of um, uh, uh, Jesus' life as a chief shepherd, Jesus' life as a good shepherd. Because a good shepherd will always sacrifice for the safety of their sheep. They will sacrifice everything. They will sacrifice their lives. They will sacrifice their safety. They will sacrifice their good uh, in order uh, to ensure the safety of their sheep. So in the same vein, we see that uh, this is exactly what Jesus did when he came uh, to die for us on the cross. He did not consider the comfort of heaven. He did not consider... You know, the union that he enjoyed with the Father in the heavenly places. He didn't consider all that. Uh, he was motivated with the love that he had uh, for the human race. He wanted the salvation of humanity. And that costed his life. And, you know, he himself, he put it very clearly. Uh, when you look at uh, <coughs> the epistle. Uh, uh, of John, uh, John chapter 10. Uh, very clearly we see there that Jesus actually uh, says it from his own mouth, that he is a good shepherd, he is a true shepherd. Uh, John chapter 10. This is quite a lengthy passage, 
but it's very insightful uh, because Jesus here is describing himself as the true shepherd. He says, I am the true shepherd. Uh, from verse 1, chapter 10 of John, uh, the Bible says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the, sh- is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the door opens, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Yet they will be by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. So Jesus here is distinguishing himself uh, from other uh, purportedly shepherds. Those who purport to be shepherds, but they are not shepherds. They are strangers. Uh, The Bible says the sheep in the first place will not recognize their voices. And and, and the other distinguishing factor is that uh, they don't actually uh, enter by the door. Okay? They don't enter by the door. So to him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So here we see that even the kind of leadership uh, which Jesus shows to his sheep, to those that are belonging to the uh, household of God, is not something that is... uh, uh, a matter of force so to say the bible says he goes before them and the sheep follow him and they know his voice so dear listen i don't know if, if you know the voice of, of of jesus today and if you don't recognize the voice of jesus it's clear that jesus is not your it's not your shepherd jesus is not your master and it's very important uh it's very important for you to make jesus the shepherd of your soul because if you don't recognize the voice of Christ, then it's clear that he is not your shepherd. And if Jesus is not your shepherd, it is clear that he doesn't know you. And that has got future repercussions, you know, on Judgment Day because the Bible says in Matthew 25, 32, that Jesus is coming to separate the sheep from the God, you know, and those that are not sheep, they will not by any means enter into the joy of the father so verse 5 says yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers so here the bible says those that belong to the household of god those that belongs that do not belong to the household of god they have no capacity you know to appreciate the wake of jesus christ to appreciate the leadership of jesus christ okay So it's only those that have answered the call, those that have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who are able to recognize the voice of Jesus and to do that which he commands them to do. So Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. You know, in verse 7 of, of, of John chapter 10, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep or whoever come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them i am the door 
if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus explicitly says here that he is the door. He is, is the door. You know, he, he says he's the door. He's making this um, uh, straightforward uh, declaration about himself. He says, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So here Jesus is saying, there is no any other way apart from me. He says, there's no any other, you know, savior besides me. There's no any other door into everlasting joy besides me. There's no any other door into everlasting life besides me. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. You know, this is a very, very radical statement that Jesus makes here. But it's very important for us to take heed to this statement because it actually uh, determines, you know, how we are going to spend our eternity. It it determines where we are going to spend eternity. It determines our relationship with God. And verse 10 says, A thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus here is saying that, you know, just like the shepherd protects the sheep and makes sure that the sheep is fed, he says he has come that humanity may have life in him. He came that humanity may have their sins forgiven through him. He came so that we may have everlasting life, life in abundance, as he puts it in verse 10. He says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, dear listeners, the devil has got a threefold mission and that is to steal from us and that is to kill and to destroy. Whatever, you know, he done was before us, however pleasant it may be to us in the interim. But in the long, in the long term, his, his plan is to, to steal, to kill and to destroy. But... On the contrary, the Bible declares here that Jesus has come that we may have life and not just have life but have it more abundantly. So Jesus here is declaring to us that he's the custodian of life. He's the custodian of everlasting life. The Bible says he who has the Son has got life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So if you want to have life, if you want to enjoy life eternal, Here is the option that you need to take, and that is to believe in the complete work of Jesus Christ. Believe in him. Believe that he came. Believe that he was born. Believe that he died on the cross. Believe that he was crucified. Believe that on the third day he rose again from the dead and ascended unto the Father, and is now seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Uh, that we declare to you today that Jesus is the fountain of life. Jesus is the source of life. And in verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You know, this is a demonstration of love. This is a demonstration of selflessness. This is a demonstration of, 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 of care. It's a demonstration of concern for that which was lost. You know, Jesus here says, I am the good shepherd. And how do we know that Jesus is a good shepherd? We know that because he demonstrated it by giving up his life. He demonstrated it by his giving his life as a ransom. He died for us on the cross because we are all like sheep 
that have gone astray. We were gone. We were lost. We couldn't save ourselves. We could not bring ourselves back. But Jesus did it. And he did it in a most selfless way. And which way was that? He gave up his life. He died for us. He died so that we can be saved. He died so that we can be redeemed. He died so that we can have everlasting life. Okay. In verse 12, he says, But he who is a hireling and not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep, he leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. You know, Jesus has a heart for you and me. Jesus has a heart for the lost. Jesus has a heart for everybody that is not in good standing with God the Father. So wherever you are, just know that God is on a mission looking out for you. He's seeking you. And the Bible says the mission that Jesus had when he came was to seek and to save that which is lost. And if you don't have a relationship with God the Father, just know that Jesus is still looking out for you. And the good part of it is that he will not rest until he finds you. Until he finds you. And the Bible says, Behold, he's knocking at the door of your heart. If you are listening to him right now, do not harden your heart. Because his heart is for you. He is desiring the best for you. He wants you to enjoy the best of relationship with the Father. And God is here speaking to you, giving an invitation, even through this radio broadcast today. He wants you to get reconciled to God. He wants your relationship to be renewed with Him. He wants you to be reconciled to Him. He wants your relationship with God to be renewed. He's ready to forgive you of all your sins and to give you a brand new life. And here Jesus is making a distinction between a hireling and him being the good shepherd. He says the hireling does not care about the shepherd. I want to let you know that the devil has got not he has no interest of yours at heart. He does not care about your future glory. He does not care about your life. Anything that is dangling before you now, he's just doing it in order to bring you into destruction. That is his plan. His plan is to destroy. His plan is to kill you know, to steal and to destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. Okay, and the Bible says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. Does Jesus know you right now? Do you have a personal relationship with the Father? Because here the Bible says that he's the good shepherd and he knows his own and his own knows him. If you don't know Jesus, today is an opportunity for you to know him. If you don't know Jesus, today is a very good opportunity for you uh, to, to, to make your relationship right with God. If today you can repent of all your wicked ways and make Jesus your personal savior, the Bible says he is ready. His arms are open wide. And whoever, whoever, wherever you are, whoever comes to him, he will by no, no means be cast away. Jesus is ready for you. His arms are open wide, ready to receive you and to make you his own. Verse 15 says, As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my sheep for the sh- I lay down my life for the sheep. 
and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and they will, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. So if you're not yet part and parcel of the body of Christ, if you're not yet born again, if you're not yet a member of, of, uh, of, of, the, of the body of Christ, Jesus here is saying that he is looking out for you. He's calling you. He's wanting you, okay? He's wanting you to be a part and a parcel of the household of God. And here Jesus is saying there are so many out there that are not yet part and parcel of the household of God. And he says, them I also need to bring into the shepherd of the Father. So Jesus is not yet done. The kingdom of God is not yet full. You must be a part and parcel of the kingdom of God. You must be a part and parcel of, of what God is doing in this life today. Because, you know, the Bible says there will come a time when this grace period is going to come to an end. Because Jesus is not coming as a savior, any, as a savior anymore, but he's coming as a judge. The judge of the living and the dead. And the Bible says as long as we are alive, it is an opportunity, it's a chance for us to make things right with God. And here, Jesus is very, very certain with his words. He's very sure about what he's saying. He's not missing words. He says there are so many out there that ought to be a part and parcel of what God is doing. That needs to be a part and parcel of the household of God. But they are not yet there. They are lost. They are being deceived, you know, out there by the enemy. They are being deceived by the riches of this world. They are being deceived by so many, you know, things that are, uh, uh, that, that are glittering, things that are, are seeming to be you know, entertaining and so on and so forth. But they are contrary to the ways of God. Jesus wants all these folks to be a part and parcel of the kingdom of God. And God is giving us an invitation here to abandon all that and get into the, into the ship phone and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can be a part and a parcel of the kingdom of God. So he's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And he's desiring us today to be a part and parcel of what God is doing. He says, I have so many out there that are not yet a part of the kingdom, that are not yet part of the household. I want them to be a part and parcel of the kingdom of God. Verse 16 says, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fort, them also I must bring in. Them also I must bring in. So we see clearly here that God is not yet satisfied seeing you lost. He's not yet satisfied. He wants you reconciled to him. He wants to make you part and parcel of the household of God. And today, God is giving us that opportunity. God is giving us that opportunity through this broadcast. Reconcile, get reconciled to God. And we are aging you. We are pleading with you that today, let this be your day. You know, a day when you get reconciled with God. A day when you, when you answer the call of God. A day when you make things right with God. And how do you do that? Believe what Jesus is saying concerning himself. Believe that he came to die for you and me. Believe that he came to die for you and me. To, to give us life. 
by you know surrendering his life so he came to to give us life by surrendering his his life he surrendered his life so that we can have life in ourselves in verse 18 he says in fact in verse 17 he says therefore my father loves me because i lay down my life that i may take it so jesus did not die because he was a wrong doer he did not die because he had committed some crime he died because he had you and me at heart it's because of you and me that jesus died because he loved you because nobody took his life away in verse 18 he says no one takes it away from me no one takes my life away from me but i lay down of myself he did it willingly he did it consciously you know i have power to lay it down and i have power to take it up this I, this command i have received from my father okay so jesus laid down his life for you and me so that we can be redeemed he did not die because somebody he had dropped somebody or he had committed murder or he had committed a crime that deserved him to die no he died because he had you and me at heart so today we have to take this invitation seriously that Jesus is making and we have to make this claim you know and we have to take this claim seriously that is making there is a good shepherd he loves us he loves you he cares for you you know he cares for you he wants you not to go to perdition he wants you not to have your life destroyed he wants you to get saved he wants you to get delivered That is the whole reason why he surrendered his life so that you and me can be saved and we are pleading with you we are pleading with you wherever you may be to get reconciled to God get reconciled to God God wants you reconciled to himself and in Mark chapter 6 verse 34 the Bible says that and Jesus when he came out and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd so he began to teach them many things you know so when god looks at you and you have no relationship with him the bible says is moved with compassion and 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 dear listener this is the reason why he has constituted this broadcast specifically to minister to you to bring you this good news because when he looks at you your life is 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 in a confused state your life is not in good shape your life is full of hopelessness but god wants to give you hope just as it were in mark chapter 6 verse 34 the bible says and jesus when he came out saw a great multitude the bible says he was moved with compassion he was moved with mercy He he is so merciful, he is so compassionate about you and he wants you to be in a place where you are full of hope. You are full of confidence that Jesus is but your savior, that God the Father is not angry with you, but he has compensated for all the sins that you have committed. He has compensated with the death of his dear son, Jesus Christ. He has compensated, you know, all the sins that you have committed. He has atoned for those sins. Hallelujah. He has atoned them with by the blood of Jesus Christ. When Jesus shed his blood because the life of every living thing is in his blood. When Jesus shed his blood, he gave up his life so that you may have life. And he did it because 
he was compassionate about you. He doesn't want you to be lost. He doesn't want you to be destroyed. He wants your life to be saved. He wants your life to be healed. He wants your life to be, you know, t- totally redeemed, you know, from the case of the law, from the destruction of the of of your soul. Jesus came in order for you to be saved. And the Bible says the motivation that he, that he did this whole thing for was his compassion, his mercy, his love that he has for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want you to believe that Jesus is for you. I want to believe you to believe that Jesus loves you. He has your interest at heart. He has your interest at heart. He has your well-being at last at, at heart. And the Bible says that you know you 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 have to respond to the voice of Christ even when you have when you still have life because there will come a time when you will not have time to respond to the voice of God you will not have time to respond to the calling of God who knows we never know when we are going to last to breathe our last here on on earth whenever we have an opportunity to hear the word of God we do not need to harden our hearts we don't need to harden our hearts we need to respond to the voice of God we need to respond uh, to the call of God whenever you know we hear the word of God preached preach to us we need to respond you know uh, affirmatively you know to the to, to the voice of God by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because that is what God desires for us he desires that we do what we respond favorably to his word and how do you respond favorably to his word you have to believe believe that Jesus Christ is Lord believe that Jesus Christ came to die if you do that the bible says god is going to give you the right to be called a child of god god is going to give you the right to be called the son of god and i, I like the parable which jesus uh, told in um, matthew chapter 18 you know matthew chapter 18 from verse 10 says the parable of the lost sheep take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven for the son of man has come to save that which was lost so Jesus here is telling us you know in Matthew chapter 18 verse 11 he says the son of man has come to save that which was lost the whole reason why Jesus came he came to save that which was lost If right now you don't have a relationship with the Father, if today you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just know that Jesus came for a person such as you. He came for a people, people such like you, people who did not know God, people that were indulging in all sorts of sinful activities. Jesus came for such a one as you. And what did he come to do? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Verse 12 says, "What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep 
than over the 99 that it did, that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Oh, what a parable. You know, Christ here is speaking to us in plain language. He's telling us that, you know, if any of you, you know, had a hundred sheep and loses one, the Bible says you would leave the 99 and, you no, know, look for the one, the hundred sheep that has gone astray. And the Bible says when you find it, what do you do? You rejoice. You rejoice over the one sheep that you have found. You rejoice over that, you know. You rejoice over the lost sheep compared to the 99 that had not gone astray. And this is exactly what happens when, 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 when you are out there in the world, outside the sheep pen of God, outside the family of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus being that good shepherd, he constantly seeks after those that are lost. He constantly seeks after those that are lost. How does he do it? By such a broadcast such as this one. He is looking out for you. He is reaching out to you so that you can respond to his call. So that you can get back into the shipment of the Father. And the Bible says when you respond favorably, there is a lot of rejoicing. There is a great deal of rejoicing you know, in heaven over you. Because the Father does not desire that any of us should be lost. It's not the desire of God that anybody should perish. It's not the desire of God that you should perish. It's not the desire of God that you should, you should, you should, you should, you should perish in hell. The desire of God is that each and every person should be saved. Matthew 18 verse 14 here is telling us, Matthew 18 verse 14 says, Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. You know, there are certain people that say, you know, the number of people that, you know, go to heaven is enough. The people that are supposed to get saved are already known and there's no need for us to respond to the Father. That is contrary to what the Bible is telling us here. Because in verse 14, the Bible says, It is not the will of God that you should perish. It is not the will of the of God that you should you should your life should be destroyed. The will of the Father is that each and every one of us should be saved. That is the will of God. That is the desire of God. And I pray that you respond favorably to God's word. I pray that you respond favorably to God's call. You know, he's calling. And how is, is the Father calling? The Father is calling through this preaching today. The Father is calling through this exhortation today. He's beckoning on, on you. He's desiring you. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. And dear brother and sister out there, I want you to know that the heart of the Father is reaching out for you. God is desiring the best for you. He's calling out your name. He wants you. He desires you. Oh, He longs for you. He longs for a relationship for you. And today, if you hear his voice, the Bible says, do not harden your heart. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Respond favorably to his call. And when you do that, the Bible says that he will embrace you. He will rejoice over you. He will rejoice over you. He will rejoice over you. He will celebrate. The Bible says there's great rejoicing in heaven. 
There's great rejoicing in, he- in heaven over one sinner who repents of their words, who repents their words and follow, you know, uh, the, 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 the voice of God and believe, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the complete work of Jesus Christ, which accomplished for us when he died and rose again on the cross. Hallelujah. So dear listener, if you're out there and you desire that, no, I want to respond. I want to respond to this call. Please reach out to us. We want to help you, you know, reinforce this relationship with the Father. With the Father. Hallelujah. So we're going to read again from um, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. It's, it, the Bible says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work, to do his will, waking in you what is well, pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. So the Bible here is, is, is again telling us that Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. You know, is that great shepherd of the sheep? Why is he the great shepherd of the sheep? Because the Bible says that Jesus gave up his life and he died. He shed his blood. He shed his blood for you to be redeemed. He shed his blood for me to be redeemed. And the Bible says he will make us complete in every good work to do his will. So we are saved so that we may do his will. So when you get saved, it's time to do his will. The will of the Father. And the Bible says he's working in us what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. So it's not a lonely journey. It's a journey in which God has pledged his help. He has pledged his help. He has pledged his help. He wants to help us because the Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And in Luke chapter 15 verse 10, the Bible says that, um, in verse 10, the Bible says, or I'll start from verse 8, it says, talking about the parable of the lost coin. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God, of, of God, over one sinner who repents. Hallelujah. There is joy in heaven. There is joy in heaven over one sinner. There is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. There is great rejoicing among, you know, the angels in heaven. There is great rejoicing. Oh, my goodness me. I can imagine if today you make a choice to follow Jesus, the Bible says there will be rejoicing. There will be great rejoicing. There will be great singing. There will be great jubilation in heaven over you. If today you make make a decision to repent of your sins and follow Jesus, the Bible says there will be great rejoicing in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. 
So God is desiring you today. And you know, today if you make a decision to follow Jesus, the Bible says there will be great rejoicing in heaven. Angels will be joyous about that decision. And the Bible says, even Jesus, when he comes back, the Bible says he will not be ashamed of you. He will not be ashamed of you before his angels. He will not be ashamed of you. He will rejoice. He will rejoice over you. But the Bible says, if you are ashamed of Christ before men, he will also be ashamed. He will also be ashamed of you before the angels and his father. Hallelujah. He will be ashamed of you. He will be ashamed of you before his angels and his father. My advice today is for you to embrace the message of hope. Embrace, you know, the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior over your life. Rejoice of that fact. Because if you do, when Jesus comes back, he will not be ashamed of you. But if you are ashamed of him, he will also be ashamed of you. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2 verse, uh, verse 25. Something interesting from that portion of scripture that we need to look at. We're going to read from the book of First, first Peter. First First Peter. First Peter chapter 2 verse 25. The Bible says that for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the sheep, to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So if you have a relationship with Jesus the Father, the Bible is telling us here that you know you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls and that is jesus christ and i urge you right now to return to the father return to jesus return to jesus you know the chief shepherd of your soul return to jesus the shepherd and of overseer of you if you don't have a relationship with jesus you're like a prodigal son you're like somebody that has gone astray somebody that you know is lost out there in the world but i want you to come back to the father I want you to come back to Jesus, the chief shepherd of your soul, the one who sacrificed his life. Because on the last day, the Bible tells me in Matthew, in Matthew 25, verse 2. And what the Bible is telling us here is a very poignant picture for those that are outside the family of God. But it's a very joyous picture for those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Bible says in Matthew 25, verse 32, it says, All the nations will be gathered before him, and that is Jesus Christ, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the gods. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the gods on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of the Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you you took me in. 
I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? When did you? When did we see? When did we see a stranger, you a stranger, and uh, take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cast into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. And you did not take me in naked, and you did not clothe me a sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they, they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it, to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is a verdict of the righteous and the wicked. The righteous unto everlasting life, the wicked unto everlasting punishment. The decision has to be made now while we are still alive. Where do we want to spend eternity? Do we want to spend it with God? Then we have to make a choice to follow God now. If we want to spend eternity with God, we have to make a choice to follow Jesus now. If not, then the, the, the opposite will be true of us. We are going to spend eternity in, in everlasting punishment. Dear listeners, the Bible says that if we believe in Jesus Christ today, he's going to make us a new creation. The old will pass away and all things will become new. I want you to renew your relationship with Christ. If I told you a believer who had gone astray, I'm giving you an opportunity to make things right with God. If you do not know Jesus, today should be an opportunity for you to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, when you surrender your life to Jesus, Jesus will by no means cast you away. Jesus will embrace you. Jesus will welcome you. Jesus is going to save your life, rescue you from the disaster that is going to befall all the wicked, all those that reject the Messiah. The Bible says they are going to suffer everlasting punishment. And that's what Jesus is telling us in his own words. In Matthew 25, verse 46. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So even as we wind up our broadcast, we want to you know, pray with you and, and make sure that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, if you're ready right now, wherever you are, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for having compassion over me. Thank you for caring enough to die for me on the cross. Today, I make a decision to follow you. I believe that indeed you came to die for me on the cross to redeem me 
to save me. I embrace your salvation. Forgive me of all my sins and make me a brand new person in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And today onwards, I make a choice to live for you and you alone. In the mighty name of Jesus, I've prayed. Amen and amen. So if at all uh, you are a believer and you have backslidden or you are no longer enjoying fellowship with God, I want you to renew your fellowship, your relationship with God. Come to Jesus. He will not cast you out. He will not despise you. He will embrace you and he will welcome you um, uh, into his ship pen. And once again, you can enjoy that life, you know, that joyful life with 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 jesus um, um until he comes he comes back again to take us home so this has been luboto radio show on force force fm and uh, we want to thank you for tuning in and and for listening to this uh, radio broadcast uh, we will see you next time shalom shalom Evening, our dear listeners, and welcome to Lubuto Radio Show on Force FM. Uh, today, we are going to look at uh, Jesus as the chief shepherd of our souls. Uh, Jesus as a chief shepherd of our souls. And uh, just to get into it, we're going to read Isaiah chapter 53 from verse 1. It says, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of uh, a dry ground. He has no form of or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Here, Prophet Isaiah is telling us about uh, what was going to happen to Jesus, you know, uh, well in advance. This was a prophecy about the crucifixion of Christ. And, uh, you know, this is a depiction of exactly what happened to Jesus during his trial and his crucifixion. You know, he carried the sins of all of us. That's what the Bible says. Uh, because the verdict of each and every one of us, according to verse 6, is like we, like sheep, have gone astray. All human beings apart from Christ, they are <coughs> at loggerheads with God. They are uh, not at peace with God, so to say. So here, um, the Bible is telling us that Jesus came, you know, to carry the punishment and the sin that was due to each and every one of us, 
Okay, so Jesus is that good shepherd that sacrifices his life, that lays down his life for the sake of the sheep. So this is a depiction uh, of um, uh, uh, Jesus' life as a chief shepherd, Jesus' life as a good shepherd, because a good shepherd will always sacrifice for the safety of their sheep. They will sacrifice everything. They will sacrifice their lives. They will sacrifice their safety. They will sacrifice their good uh, in order uh, to ensure the safety of their sheep. So in the same vein, we see that uh, this is exactly what Jesus did when he came uh, to die for us on the cross. He did not consider the comfort of heaven. He did not consider you know, the union that he enjoyed with the Father in the heavenly places. He didn't consider all that. Uh, he was motivated with the love that he had uh, for the human race. He wanted the salvation of humanity and that costed his life. And you know, he himself, he put it very clearly uh, when you look at uh, <coughs> the epistle uh, of John, uh, John chapter 10. Uh, very clearly we see there that Jesus actually uh, says it from his own mouth that he is a good shepherd he is a true shepherd uh, John chapter 10 this is quite a lengthy passage uh, but it's very insightful uh, because Jesus here is describing himself as a true shepherd he says I am the true shepherd uh, from verse 1 chapter 10 of John uh, the Bible says most assuredly I say to you he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way the same is a thief and a robber but he who enters by the door is the sh is the shepherd of the sheep to him the door opens the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and when he brings out his own sheep he goes before them and the sheep follow him and they know his voice Yet they will be by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So Jesus here is distinguishing himself uh, from other uh, purportedly shepherds, those who purport to be shepherds, but they are not shepherds, they are strangers. Uh, the Bible says the sheep in the first place will not recognize their voices. And the, in, in, and, and the other distinguishing factor is that uh, they don't actually uh, enter by the door, okay? They don't enter by the door. So to him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So here we see that even the kind of leadership uh, which Jesus shows to his sheep, to those that are belonging to the uh, household of God, is not something that is uh, uh, a matter of force, so to say. The Bible says he goes before them and the sheep follow him and they know his voice. So dear listen, I don't know if, if you know the voice of, of, of Jesus today. And if you don't recognize the voice of Jesus, it's clear that Jesus is not your, it's not your shepherd. Jesus is not your master. And it's very important, uh, it's very important for you to make Jesus the shepherd of your soul. Because if you don't recognize the voice of Christ, 
then it's clear that he is not your shepherd. And if Jesus is not your shepherd, it is clear that he doesn't know you. And that has got future repercussions, you know, on Judgment Day. Because the Bible says in Matthew 25, verse 32, that Jesus is coming to separate the sheep from the God. You know, and those that are not sheep, they will not by any means enter into the joy of the Father. So verse 5 says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So here the Bible says, those that belong to the household of God, those that belongs that do not belong to the household of God, they have no capacity, you know, to appreciate the wake of Jesus Christ, to appreciate the leadership of Jesus Christ. Okay? So it's only those that have answered the call those that have a relationship with jesus christ who are able to recognize the voice of jesus and to do that which he commands them to do so jesus used this illustration but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them you know in verse 7 of 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 john chapter 10 the bible says then jesus said to them again most assuredly i say to you i am the door of the ship Oh, whoever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus explicitly says here that he is the door. He is, is the door. You know, he, he says he's the door. He's making this um, uh, straightforward uh, declaration about himself. He says, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So here Jesus is saying, there is no any other way apart from me. He says, there's no any other, you know, savior besides me. There's no any other door into everlasting joy besides me. There's no any other door into everlasting life besides me. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. You know, this is a, a very, very radical statement that Jesus makes here. But it's very important for us to take heed to this statement because it actually uh, determines, you know, how we are going to spend our eternity. It, it, depend, it determines where we are going to spend eternity. It de- determines our relationship with God. And verse 10 says, A thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus here is saying that, you know, just like the shepherd protects the sheep and makes sure that the sheep is fed, he says he has come that humanity may have life in him. He came that humanity may have their sins forgiven through him. He came so that we may have everlasting life, life in abundance, as he puts it in verse 10. He says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, dear listeners, the devil has got a threefold mission, and that is to steal from us, and that is to kill and to destroy. Whatever, you know, he done was before us. However pleasant it may be to us in the interim, but in the long in the long term, his his plan is to to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But on the contrary, the Bible declares here that Jesus has come that we may have life, 
and not just have life, but have it more abundantly. So Jesus here is declaring to us that he's the custodian of life. He's the custodian of everlasting life. The Bible says, he who has the Son has got life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So if you want to have life, if you want to enjoy life eternal, here is the option that you need to take. And that is to believe in the complete work of Jesus Christ. Believe in him. Believe that he came. Believe that he was born. Believe that he died you know, on the cross. Believe that he was crucified. Believe that on the third day he rose again from the dead and ascended unto the Father. And is now seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. This is the gospel. This is the good news uh, that we declare to you today. That Jesus is the fountain of life. Jesus is the source of life. And in verse 11 he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You know, this is a demonstration of love. This is a demonstration of selflessness. This is a demonstration of, 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 of care. It's a demonstration of concern for that which was lost. You know, Jesus here says, I am the good shepherd. And how do we know that Jesus is a good shepherd? We know that because he demonstrated it by giving up his life. He demonstrated it by his giving his life as a ransom. He died for us on the cross because we are all like sheep that have gone astray. We were gone. We were lost. We couldn't save ourselves. We could not bring ourselves back. But Jesus did it and he did it in a most selfless way. And which way was that? He gave up his life. He died for us. He died so that we can be saved. He died so that we can be redeemed. He died so that we can have everlasting life. Okay. In verse 12, he says, But he who is a hireling and not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep. He leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. You know, Jesus has a heart for you and me. Jesus has a heart for the lost. Jesus has a heart for everybody that is not in good standing with God the Father. So wherever you are, just know that God is on a mission looking out for you. He's seeking you. And the Bible says the mission that Jesus had when he came was to seek and to save that which is lost. And if you don't have a relationship with God the Father, just know that Jesus is still looking out for you. And the good part of it is that he will not rest until he finds you. Until he finds you. And the Bible says, Behold, he's knocking at the door of your heart. If you are listening to him right now, do not harden your heart. Because his heart is for you. He is desiring the best for you. He wants you to enjoy the best of relationship with the Father. And God is here speaking to you, giving an invitation, even through this radio broadcast today. He wants you to get reconciled to God. He wants your relationship to be renewed with Him. He wants you to be reconciled to Him. He wants your relationship with God to be renewed. He's ready to forgive you of all your sins and to give you a brand new life. And here Jesus is making a distinction between a hireling and him being the good shepherd. He says the hireling does not care about the shepherd 
I want to let you know that the devil has got not he has no interest of yours at heart. He does not care about your future glory. He does not care about your life. Anything that is dangling before you now, he's just doing it in order to bring you into destruction. That is his plan. His plan is to destroy. His plan is to kill, you know, to steal and to destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. Okay? And the Bible says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. Does Jesus know you right now? Do you have a personal relationship with the Father? Because here the Bible says that he's the good shepherd and he knows his own and his own knows him. If you don't know Jesus today is an opportunity for you to know him. If you don't know Jesus today is a very good opportunity for you uh to 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 make your relationship right with God. If today you can repent of all your wicked ways and make Jesus your personal savior. The Bible says he is ready. His arms are open wide. And whoever whoever wherever you are, whoever comes to him, he will by no, no means be cast away. Jesus is ready for you. His arms are open wide, ready to receive you and to make you his own. Verse 15 says, "As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my sheep for the sh- I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and they will and they will be one flock and one shepherd so if you're not yet part and parcel of the body of Christ if you're not yet born again if you're not yet a member of 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 the of the body of Christ Jesus here is saying that he is looking out for you he's calling you he's wanting you okay he's wanting you to be a part and a parcel of the household of God and here Jesus is saying there are so many out there there are not yet part and parcel of the household of God and he says them i also need to bring into the sheepfold of the father so jesus is not yet done the kingdom of god is not yet full you must be a part and parcel of the kingdom of god you must be a part and parcel of, of what god is doing in this life today because you know the bible says there will come a time when this grace period is going to come to an end because Jesus is not coming as a savior any as a savior anymore but is coming as a judge the judge of the living and the dead and the bible says as long as we are alive it is an opportunity it's a chance for us to make things right with god and here Jesus is very very certain with his words he's very sure about what he's saying he's not mincing words he says there are so many out there that ought to be a part and parcel of what God is doing that needs to be a part and parcel of the household of God but they are not yet there they are lost they are being deceived you know out there by the enemy they are being deceived by the riches of this world they are being deceived by so many you know things that are uh, 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 that, that are glittering things that are, are seeming to be you know entertaining and so on and so forth but they are contrary to the ways of God. Jesus wants all these folks to be a part and parcel of the kingdom of God. And God is giving us an invitation here to abandon all that and 
get into the into the ship phone and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can be a part and a parcel of the kingdom of God. So he's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd and he's desiring us today to be a part and parcel of what God is doing. He says, I have so many out there that are not yet a part of the kingdom that are not yet part of the household i want them to be a part and parcel of the kingdom of god verse 16 says and other sheep i have which are not of this fort them also i must bring in them also i must bring in so we see clearly here that god is not yet satisfied seeing you lost he's not yet satisfied he wants you reconciled to him he wants to make you part and parcel of the household of God. And today, God is giving us that opportunity. God is giving us that opportunity through this broadcast. Reconcile, get reconciled to God. And we are aging you. We are pleading with you that today, let this be your day. You know, a day when you get reconciled with God. A day when you, when you answer the call of God. A day when you make things right with God. And how do you do that? Believe what Jesus is saying concerning himself. Believe that he came to die for you and me. Believe that he came to die for you and me. To, to give us life by you know surrendering his life. So he came to, to give us life by surrendering his, his life. He surrendered his life so that we can have life in ourselves. In verse 18... He says, in fact, in verse 17, he says, Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it. So, Jesus did not die because he was a wrongdoer. He did not die because he had committed some crime. He died because he had you and me at heart. It's because of you and me that Jesus died. Because he loved you. Because nobody took his life away. In verse 18, he says, no one takes it away from me. No one takes my life away from me. But I lay down of myself. He did it willingly. He did it consciously, you know. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up. This, I, this command I have received from my father. Okay, so Jesus laid down his life for you and me so that we can be redeemed. He did not die because somebody, he had dropped somebody or he had committed murder or he had committed a crime that deserved him to die. No, he died because he had you and me at heart. So today we have to take this invitation seriously that Jesus is making. And we have to make this claim, you know, and we have to take this claim seriously that he's making. That is a good shepherd. He loves us. He loves you. He cares for you. You know, he cares for you. He wants you not to go to perdition. He wants you not to have your life destroyed. He wants you to get saved. He wants you to get delivered. That is the whole reason why he surrendered his life so that you and me can be saved. And we are pleading with you. We are pleading with you, wherever you may be, to get reconciled to God. Get reconciled to God. God wants you reconciled to himself and in mark chapter 6 verse 34 the bible says that and jesus when he came out and saw a great multitude 
and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd so he began to teach them many things you know so when god looks at you and you have no relationship with him the bible says is moved with compassion and 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 dear listener this is the reason why he has constituted this broadcast specifically to minister to you to bring you this good news because when he looks at you your life is 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 is, is in a confused state your life is not in good shape your life is full of hopelessness but god wants to give you hope just as it were in mark chapter 6 verse 34 the bible says and jesus when he came out saw a great multitude the bible says he was moved with compassion he was moved with mercy he he so merciful he so compassionate about you and he wants you to be in a place where you are full of hope you are full of confidence that Jesus is but your savior that God the father is not angry with you but he has compensated for all the sins that you have committed he has compensated with the death of his dear son Jesus Christ he has compensated you know all the sins that you have committed he has atoned for those sins hallelujah he has atoned them with by the blood of Jesus Christ when Jesus shed his blood because the life of every living thing is in his blood when Jesus shed his blood he gave up his life so that you may have life and he did it because he was compassionate about you he doesn't want you to be lost he doesn't want you to be destroyed he wants your life to be saved he wants your life to be healed he wants your life to be you know t- totally redeemed you know from the case of the law from the destruction of the of of your soul Jesus came in order for you to be saved and the bible says the motivation that he, that he did this whole thing for was his compassion his mercy his love that he has for you hallelujah hallelujah so i want you to believe that Jesus is for you i want to believe you to believe that Jesus loves so you he has your interest at heart he has your interest at heart he has your well-being at last at, at heart and the bible says that you know you 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 have to l- respond to the voice of christ even when you have when you still have life because there will come a time when you will not have time to respond to the voice of god you will not have time to respond to the calling of god who knows we never know when we are going to last to breathe our last here on on earth whenever we have an opportunity to hear the word of god we do not need to harden our hearts we don't need to harden our hearts we need to respond to the voice of god we need to respond uh, to the call of god whenever you know we hear the word of god preached preach to us we need to respond you know uh affirmatively you know to the to to the voice of god by accepting jesus christ as our lord and savior because that is what god desires for us he desires that we do what we respond favorably to his word and how do you respond favorably to his word you have to believe believe that jesus christ is lord believe that jesus christ came to die If you do that the Bible says God is going to give you the right to be called a child of God. God is going to give you the right to be called 
the son of God. And I, I like the parable which Jesus uh, told in um, Matthew chapter 18. You know, Matthew chapter 18 from verse 10 says, The parable of the lost sheep. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. So Jesus here is telling us, you know, in Matthew chapter 18 verse 11, he says, The Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. The whole reason why Jesus came, he came to save that which was lost. If right now you don't have a relationship with the Father, if today you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just know that Jesus came for a person such as you. He came for a people, people such like you, people who did not know God, people that were indulging in all sorts of sinful activities. Jesus came for such a one as you. And what did he come to do? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Verse 12 says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that he did, that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Oh, what a parable. You know, Christ here is speaking to us in plain language. He's telling us that, you know, if any of you, you know, had a hundred sheep and loses one, the Bible says you would leave the ninety-nine and you no know, look for the one, the hundred sheep that has gone astray. And the Bible says when you find it, what do you do? You rejoice. You rejoice over the one sheep that you have found. You rejoice over that, you know. You rejoice over the lost sheep compared to the 99 that had not gone astray. And this is exactly what happens when, 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 when you are out there in the world, outside the sheep pen of God, outside the family of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus being that good shepherd, he constantly seeks after those that are lost. He constantly seeks after those that are lost. How does he do it? By such a broadcast such as this one. He is looking out for you. He is reaching out to you so that you can respond to his call. So that you can get back into the shipment of the Father. And the Bible says when you respond favorably, there is a lot of rejoicing. There is a great deal of rejoicing you know, in heaven over you. Because the Father does not desire that any of us should be lost. It's not the desire of God that anybody should perish. It's not the desire of God that you should perish. It's not the desire of God that you should, you should, you should, you should, you should perish in hell. The desire of God is that each and every person should be saved. Matthew 18 verse 14 here is telling us, Matthew 18 verse 14 says, Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. You know, there are certain people that 
say no the number of people that you know go to heaven is enough the people that are supposed to get saved are already known and there's no need for us to respond to the father that is contrary to what the bible is telling us here because in verse 14 the bible says it is not the will of god that you should perish it is not the will of the of god that you should you should your life should be destroyed the will of the father is that each and every one of us should be saved that is the will of god that is the desire of god and i pray that you respond favorably to god's word i pray that you respond favorably to god's call you know he's calling and how is is the father calling the father is calling through this preaching today the Father is calling through this exhortation today. He's beckoning on, on you. He's desiring you. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. And dear brother and sister out there, I want you to know that the heart of the Father is reaching out for you. God is desiring the best for you. He's calling out your name. He wants you. He desires you. Oh, He longs for you. He, he longs for a relationship for you. And today, if you hear his voice, the Bible says, do not harden your heart. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Respond favorably to his call. And when you do that, the Bible says that he will embrace you. He will rejoice over you. He will rejoice over you. He will rejoice over you. He will celebrate. The Bible says there's great rejoicing in heaven. There's great rejoicing in, he- in heaven over one sinner who repents of their words, who repents their words and follow, you know, uh, the, 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 the voice of God and believe, you know, in the, in, the, in, the, in the complete work of Jesus Christ, which accomplished for us when he died and rose again on the cross. Hallelujah. So, dear listener, if you're out there and you desire that, no, I want to respond. I want to respond to this call. Please reach out to us. We want to help you, you know, reinforce this relationship with the Father. With the Father. Hallelujah. So we're going to read again from um, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. It's, it, the Bible says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will waking in you what is well pleasing in his sight through jesus christ to whom be the glory forever and ever so the bible here is 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 again telling us that jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep you know is that great shepherd of the sheep why is he the great shepherd of the sheep? Because the Bible says that Jesus gave up his life and he died. He shed his blood. He shed his blood for you to be redeemed. He shed his blood for me to be redeemed. And the Bible says he will make us complete in every good work to do his will. So we are saved so that we may do his will. So when you get saved, it's time to do his will. The will of the Father. And the Bible says he's waking in us what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. So it's not a lonely journey. It's a journey in which God has pledged his help. He has pledged 
his help. He has pledged his help. He wants to help us. Because the Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And in Luke chapter 15 verse 10, the Bible says that, um, in verse 10, the Bible says, or oh, I'll start from verse 8, it says, talks, talking about the parable of the lost coin. Or oh, what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. Of, of God over one sinner who repents. Hallelujah. There is joy in heaven. There is joy in heaven over one sinner. There is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. There is great rejoicing among you know the angels in heaven. There is great rejoicing. Oh my goodness me. I can imagine if today you make a choice to follow Jesus, the Bible says they'll be rejoicing. There will be great rejoicing. There will be great singing. There will be great jubilation in heaven over you. If today you make, you make a decision to repent of your sins and follow Jesus, the Bible says there will be great rejoicing in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So God is desiring you today. And you know, today if you make a decision to follow Jesus, the Bible says there will be great rejoicing in heaven. Angels will be joyous about that decision. And the Bible says, even Jesus, when he comes back, the Bible says he will not be ashamed of you. He will not be ashamed of you before his angels. He will not be ashamed of you. He will rejoice. He will rejoice over you. But the Bible says, if you are ashamed of Christ before men, he will also be ashamed. He will also be ashamed of you before the angels and his father hallelujah he will be ashamed of you he will be ashamed of you before his angels and his father my advice today is for you to embrace the message of hope embrace you know the fact that jesus christ is lord and savior over your life rejoice of that fact Because if you do, when Jesus comes back, he will not be ashamed of you. But if you are ashamed of him, he will also be ashamed of you. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse, uh, verse 25. Something interesting from that portion of scripture that we need to look at. We're going to read from the book. Of first, first Peter, first, first Peter, first Peter chapter two verse twenty-five. The Bible says that for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the sheep, to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So, if you have a relationship with Jesus the Father, the Bible is telling us here that you know you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls 
and that is Jesus Christ. And I urge you right now to return to the Father. Return to Jesus. Return to Jesus, you know, the chief shepherd of your soul. Return to Jesus, the shepherd and overseer of you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're like a prodigal son. You're like somebody that has gone astray, somebody that, you know, is lost out there in the world. But I want you to come back to the Father. I want you to come back to Jesus, the chief shepherd of your soul. The one who sacrificed his life. Because on the last day, the Bible tells me in Matthew, in Matthew 25, there's two. And what the Bible is telling us here is a very poignant picture for those that are outside the family of God. But it's a very joyous picture for those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Bible says in Matthew 25, verse 32, it says, All the nations will be gathered before him, and that is Jesus Christ, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the gods. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the gods on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? When did, you, when did, we, see, when did we see a stranger, you a stranger? and uh, take you in or naked and clothe you or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you and the king will answer and say to them assuredly i say to you inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me then he will say to those on the left hand depart from me you cast into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels for i was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. A sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they, they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is a verdict of the righteous and the wicked. The righteous unto everlasting life, the wicked unto everlasting punishment the decision has to be made now while we are still alive where do we want to spend eternity do we want to spend it with god then we have to make a choice to follow god now if we want to spend eternity with god we have to make a choice to follow jesus now if not then the the, the opposite will be true of us we are going to spend eternity in, in everlasting punishment. 
Dear listeners, the Bible says that if we believe in Jesus Christ today, he's going to make us a new creation. The old will pass away and all things will become new. I want you to renew your relationship with Christ. If I told you a believer who had gone astray, I'm giving you an opportunity to make things right with God. If you do not know Jesus, today should be an opportunity for you to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, when you surrender your life to Jesus, Jesus will by no means cast you away. Jesus will embrace you. Jesus will welcome you. Jesus is going to save your life, rescue you from the disaster that is going to befall all the wicked, all those that reject the Messiah. The Bible says they're going to suffer everlasting punishment. And that's what Jesus is telling us in his own words in Matthew 25, verse 46. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So even as we wind up our broadcast, we want to you know, pray with you and, and make sure that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, if you're ready right now, wherever you are, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for having compassion over me. Thank you for caring enough to die for me on the cross. Today, I make a decision to follow you. I believe that indeed you came to die for me on the cross to redeem me, to save me. I embrace your salvation. Forgive me of all my sins and make me a brand new person in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And today onwards, I make a choice to live for you and you alone. In the mighty name of Jesus, I've prayed. Amen and amen. So if at all uh, you are a believer and you have backslidden or you are no longer enjoying fellowship with God, I want you to renew your fellowship, your relationship with God. Come to Jesus. He will not cast you out. He will not despise you. He will embrace you and he will welcome you um, uh, into his ship pen. And once again, you can enjoy that life, you know, that joyful life with 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 jesus um, um until he comes he comes back again to take us home so this has been luboto radio show on force force fm and uh, we want to thank you for tuning in and and for listening to this uh, radio broadcast uh, we will see you next time shalom shalom